Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Oh, it's top of the chart Tuesday. We got a lot to get into. NBA review of the NBA playoffs. Also, we'll preview the big one tonight. It's a big one. The Lakers versus the Warriors. We'll get into that as well. Also, way too early 2024 NFL mock drafts that's showing some love to the Longhorns. Big 12 odds also showing some love to the Longhorns. We'll get into that coming up in the top of the 4 o'clock. Also, the rest of our NFL draft review. We'll look at the grades and talk about kind of the overall macro view of the NFL draft. All of that and more. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for him it's a breeze. He is the Mike Hardball Harsh, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, brother? Man, just happy to be here and excited to continue to get this flow of the week. There's so much action that is going on, whether it's basketball, hockey, horse race. I mean, there's so much that is happening, but we are here to bring it all to you. We're definitely going to get into this NBA. LeBron versus, you know, Steph Curry. Is mm-hmm. he baby goat? Top 10, top 5? We'll talk about it and <laughs> debate it all. And my man Patrick let us know that the MVP will be named tonight. But let me talk about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn. Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rob Babers. I appreciate the intro, as always. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest-working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we're pretty damn sure that he's underpaid. It's Patrick Davis. What's going on, brother? Doing good, doing good, brother. All right, we got a lot of NBA news notes and nuggets to get to. Let me not forget about the post of the program. Uh, Spec Sex Line is the best way for the listeners, uh, the heartbeat of this thing, to hit us up on the Spec Sex Line, 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. Um, I'm at Harge, is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. Uh, and I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. 
All right, last night we did have uh, two games last night that we'll get into and review those wins. Uh, we'll also get into previewing the matchup tonight, which is probably the – there's no question it's going to be the highest rated of all of these playoff matchups. I don't even know, depending on what the finals matchup is going to be, I don't right. know if the finals matchup will get better ratings than the Warriors-Lakers second-round matchup. What so, do you think? Well, Patrick, you watch a lot of NBA. My question would be this before you answer that, Patrick. My pre- my my question would be, is because it's so late that it might affect uh, the well, East true. Coast. Now you're right. It's late it, for us too. Yeah, it's late for us. It's starting at nine. Definitely going to be late That's for the real. East Coast. Yeah. No, that's a good point. They're going to they're gonna have to be at the bar all night. That will affect it. That's true. The Sacramento, uh, the Sacramento series with the Warriors got really high ratings too, and that was on that West Coast time slot yeah, all the time. And right. It was always late. And I remember I, I complained about it a couple of times, right. but I mean it was thrilling enough. I mean Patrick, Patrick, you watch a lot of NBA. You think it'll? I mean, well, you know, so Milwaukee's out, right? So once Milwaukee gets knocked out, you have a lot more bigger markets left. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, I mean, you, you figure even with the Knicks without a huge star, Knicks. Are going to draw you a huge fan base into the in the finals, but it depends. Like if it's Phoenix or Denver, that hurts your ratings. But I, I think it just depends on the market share. The main problem with this, where I think it may be bigger, is you're basically talking about a pretty small market play. Like the square mileage between L.A. and San Francisco is not that much. So people outside of California, there could be some people that are not as excited about this. You know, I think okay. the Cleveland like folks Dylan Brooks still is not in. watching this. Okay. Not Dylan Brooks. Right. <laughs> no, that's uh, no. I I understand that because I saw that the Warriors Kings game seven was the most watched first round game in twenty four years. Yeah. for the NBA. But what was a uh, Sunday afternoon? It was yep. Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Kind of oh, like not, the I'm not talking about. No, I'm no. talking about the series. Yeah, yeah, I, I got series, you. Not I just got this, you. Not just this game. Yeah. I think it this be, series it will is going to go to six watched. games. Yeah, it I think will it's gonna be gonna go deep. And if it goes oh, to yeah. seven, then I think it'll end up eclipsing the Warriors Sacramento game seven too. Yeah. Um, but that's just high expectations for it. Hopefully, it can meet those high expectations. But uh, with Steph and LeBron facing off, Ooh. I mean, yeah, storylines galore. Exactly. I mean, that's why I think everybody's really excited about it. You got finally. I mean, with a lot of Stars fall, like going down because of injuries in these playoffs. Yep, so we'll yep. talk about that for the games tonight yep. um, and last night. <laughs> no um, doubt, injuries and in, injuries to stars, superstars, having being a big storyline. It's just, it's really, I think a a a great thing uh, storyline wise for the NBA that you got two all time greats, two goats like LeBron and Steph, who are old goats, yes. who are healthy. Yes, old goats that are healthy that take care of themselves. That's a big part. You know of it. what I'm saying? They make sure that they're in their best shape yeah. during these times. And and again, that is one of those things when you start looking at this team and this matchup, it is something to definitely uh, I, 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 to I'm a, talk about. I'm gonna be sleepy tomorrow morning. I think a lot. I think a, a lot yeah. of a, a, a sports fans in America are gonna be sleepy as well, who are <laughs> yeah. on the East Coast and in yeah. Central Time Zones. But we'll get into that. We'll preview that. Let's talk about the games last night, gentlemen. Uh, let's start with. <laughs> Probably the most surprising outcome for me, uh, just watching the 76ers finding a way without Joel Embiid yep. to beat the Celtics. 119-115. How did this happen? We were leaving How yesterday, and I said well, it was nine. It was plus nine for 76ers. And when the news came out that Embiid was going to be out, it jumped to plus 12 and a half. I was like, wait, what? I, there, to me, even without Embiid, I didn't think they were going to get – they wouldn't have got raced. That's because they got a lot of talent on there. They got some they guys that are – They obviously yeah. they got a lot of talent. They're 2-0 <laughs> now in the playoffs yeah. without them. Yeah, they obviously got some talent because they went down there. And I'm not taking anything away from the Philadelphia 76ers. What we saw with my man uh, James, uh, I'm going to wear a blanket to the game, pregame. Harden. Hey, come he on was, now. Yeah, Give it up was, for old James Harden. <laughs> he came out. That's like old Kanye. You'll see old James Harden. Oh, yeah. You got old James Harden. Oh, yeah. He don't rap the same, but he yeah. still got some good stuff That's out like, there. Yeah. I mean, he's like but old I Kanye. Will, but I will <laughs> throw shade on the fact that the Boston Celtics, that was an embarrassment. They should have never let that happen with that amount of talent on that team. And for them to go out there and lose that game, 
That is a true, true embarrassment. Hey, guys, is this the second collapse we've seen by Boston? Remember that game against the Hawks, too? Where they had no business losing ding, that ding, game? Ding, ding, they ding. were up, I believe it was one, they were up 109 to 96 with like six minutes left in that game. Yep. And then they collapsed and like, man, they had 60 points in the paint. You kept talking about that. Again. In that matchup with the Hawks. And they did, they did and it again. They did it again. They had 66, exactly. I mean, points in the paint. It's like, how are they losing some of these games? It's, hey, it, it makes no sense. Well, I know where Patrick's about to go. You, do you know what I'm about to say? What I'm about to say is that coaching yep, is a major go. issue. I knew exactly and what when you, you think Ime Adoka took your team up three or four steps, and all of a sudden they were in the finals when everybody thought they were a regular playoff team. Mm-hmm. And then you get, and then Ime's gone, and you just bring in the next guy. He's not the same coach. He's not the same coach, and he does not know how to get them excited for games. He doesn't know how to get them to to. He doesn't have. There's no switch for him. Like there's no way he can get this team to fi- get fired up and go play because they what, they commit ten fouls. Yep. Oh, in this man. whole game, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it, it was awful. In the playoffs, sixteen turnovers yeah. in this game. Yeah, yeah, you got to play harder than that. And I get you don't want to foul, you don't. Wanna, but if you're not fouling, if you're fouling at ten fouls in a game, you're not trying hard enough. Because yeah, there's you're not gonna be enough where you're effort. like, hey man, I was just going up and we bump bodies, or like we saw in another games. DeAndre Ayton was picking up fouls in the Suns game just by because he was trying to be in the right place at the right time, and there's contact. Yeah, because he's trying to play defense. The Celtics did not try to play defense. They thought they could outscore them. They thought, hey, man, if you're, they're losing 30-plus points a game with Joel and beat out, we'll just outscore them. Yeah. Not thinking, hey, man, maybe we should not keep letting them switch Harden onto Al Horford. Wow. Because he a, guard, a center can't guard a guard like that, especially not like one like James Harden, where he's just going to kind of be able to step back and get away from you, and you're going to be off your, off your feet. To yeah. your point about the coaching – Trey Young did the same thing in that game yeah. when we just referenced yes. with the Hawks. He, he yes. went off. He had 38 points, and it, they could find a way to stop him. It's wow. I, it, yeah, I think un, unfortunately, I love James Harden. He was fantastic. Oh my 45 gosh, points, six amazing. rebounds, six assists. I'm a Rockets fan, so that's uh, appreciation, a James Harden appreciation moment. But that was I'm with you, Harden. More of a collapse by the Celtics. They shot 58. percent Yes, from from the field. And I went back and looked at my notes um, for the that. That, that loss to the Hawks, they in that loss they shot like over forty nine percent. Yes, from the field they're shooting. They're 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 actually making they're, they're shooting in the paint really well. Exactly. Sixty plus points in the paint, shooting forty nine to fifty eight percent, and yet they're still losing. It's crazy. Once again, you go back to the point. They won in every single category they did. except the scoreboard. They beat them in every single category. You talked about it. they only scored. They only had ten fouls. The 76ers were about to have people foul out in the game, and they still found a way to lose the game. They out rebounded them, thirty eight to twenty eight. It's crazy. They they shot well. They didn't shoot better at three point percentage, but they shot less three pointers. They shot ten of twenty six. They had every. They had twenty six assists. They did. They had everything that you look, you look at. at the box score, it's like yes. there's no way they lost that game. There's no How way they, they lost that game. that game. And then wow. for them to go and out there and lose it to your point, no without Embiid. Embiid, with no Embiid, who possibly will be named the MVP tonight. No, he Pat- was out of the game. I'm with Patrick on that. That might be straight up coaching. Right. I mean, that might be. It is. I knew exactly <laughs> where Patrick was on going. The coaching. It was definitely that he even tried to call a timeout at the end of the game, and everybody was like, "Dude, we're down by four. Like, there's nothing you can draw up for us to get yeah. a bucket no, at hey, the man, end you, of the game. You missed this timeout by about about a half. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think a halftime, you should have laid into that team oh. about their effort, and you just didn't. You didn't care. Like, you let them continue to be lazy on the defensive end because you go, oh, we'll score. We'll outscore them. They're not, they're not going to be able to keep up that rate. You go, yeah, they are. No. Because this is they're, – they're not – they're playing drills. Yep. Like they, they Layup can, lines. Yeah. <laughs> you have to play harder defense in the playoffs. You have to make them earn it, and you just didn't do that at all in that game. And, look, he's got his talking points for practice, yep. but if you've That's done true. this already in, a, in the first-round series against a – uh, Atlanta team that didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Yep. And then you talk about going up against this, uh, a, a Philadelphia team without possibly the most valuable player. It, it's crazy to think that you allowed James Harden to look that good in that game. He had a great game. But again, like I'm, there's a highlight right there. Al Horford is three feet off of him. You can't, I get he's got length, but it doesn't matter because he has to get low enough to try and make sure he doesn't drive past him. 
Harden's going to do a step back, and he's just really good at that shot unless you can get in his face. That's why you can't let them – you can't just keep switching on everything mm. and get just – because you're, you're, playing, you're yeah. playing the prevent defense. Yeah. Basically the entire game you played a prevent defense in the NFL where you're like, well, you know what, they're going to score, but not at, not at the highest rate, and we'll <laughs> score at a higher rate. Mm. Yeah, but you keep – you're allowing them second chances. You're allowing them to hit a, a good clip. I, it's crazy to me when you look at the stats – because it seemed like Philly was out playing them the whole game too, just because they were putting effort in. Yep. That it was crazy to see they won that many statistical categories the Celtics did. But you can if from that's one that the eye test will easily tell you. Oh yeah, you just didn't you weren't you didn't care because you just wanted to play offense for a game. Yeah. Yeah. It, that yeah, it's that's a mind blowing loss. I mean, it is extremely frustrating for the fan base. I'm sure to watch that again because, like I said, it it all it almost was eerily similar. To that loss they had to the Hawks that time, but I think they were up three one, so they played kind of really comfortable. Now you're talking about uh, the second round game, no sense of urgency, right? Especially when they're weak without their best player. That that and you that's gotta, and but that's why they choke. were getting to the rim. You they were like, oh, it's so easy to get to the rim, and then you don't close it out. Yeah, get I, a stop, get a couple stops. Where where is the killer instinct? And this is a from game, Boston. Well, here's the other thing. P.J. Tucker didn't even score a basket. He didn't even take a shot in the game. He normally sits in the corner. And I, you can see him right there on the video. He's sitting in the corner waiting for him to pass him the ball. All he was going to do was dribble it back out and try to give it to Harden, <laughs> set up, set an ugly screen during that time. And I'm just like, how is this happening to the Boston Celtics? You got Jason Tatum. You got uh, Jalen Brown. The problem that I think that they're missing, and this goes back to the bigger picture, Williams is not playing for them. Their big man is not in the middle of the court for them. And I think he sometimes is their calming voice and he's in there making certain plays when they need that stop. He can help get that stop. Last night, they didn't have anybody that was doing. Look at all the players that they have. They're 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 healthy. They're entire except for Williams, but their team is in intact. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't get a stop. Even Marcus Smart I mean, he's one of their toughest enforcers. Even he wasn't playing that great last night. It's just amazing to me. And they still scored 115 points. Yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll put it, I think Williams could play last night. I think there was points of it where they were trying to go, well, if Embiid's out, we'll play small it ball with him. Bad mistake, And you dog. go, man, they don't have a center. Yep, they Go don't. right at him. <laughs> exactly. Go right, well, no, that's going to hurt. Yeah, it's the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, it, it's dang coaching mistake. And and I mean, and this, and it goes into when you talk about the turnovers. Yeah, sixteen turnovers. That's that's not good. The problem is you only forced six turnovers. Yep, yep. And if you if this if the seventy six only have six, that's ten more possessions. That's why you lost the game. So if you play a little bit better defense, you get a couple more turnovers, and now you win this game. Boston's Boston's um, largest lead was twelve. Philadelphia's was six. I mean, think about that. Just, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense how they lost this game. It makes zero sense. Celtics fan on the Specs text line says, As a Celtics fan, the lack of killer instinct from this crew has been frustrating. The same issue is why they punted the finals last year. Yep, yep, I, get, I agree. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there, there is problems. And last year it was too. Marcus Smart, you can tell, is on the backside of being the athletic, the athletic the freak guy, that he yeah. needs to be to play the defense he wants to play. And we saw that at the in the finals last year that he just wasn't able to be the guy they needed defensively. And then it's does Tatum ever want to take that other side up, or does he just want to put ready. up forty five yep. and never play defense? Because if you're going to not try and play defense, and then Jalen Brown's okay at it, but he's not really going to push much. It's a lot of guys on your team to not play defense. If well, you have two guys playing wing, against wing perimeters who can score at will, and neither one of them want to be a stop down defender. Well, the thing that bothers me then about all of that is his idol is Kobe, and Kobe was a defensive two-way player. Yeah, he was monster on the defensive mm-hmm. end. Yeah, he in was the like, fourth You're quarter, not scoring in the fourth quarter. I'm it's it's all it those down. guys. You go look. Yep. I'm not gonna play defense the yep. whole game because I'm playing 40 minutes a game, yep. and I'll be dead tired if I try and play defense and I'll miss shots at the end of the game. If I play, try and play hard defense the whole time, yep. so uh, they're gonna switch me out on the second, third guys, and I don't have to. But when it comes down to the end and shots matter, I will switch on to your best player and I will shut down your best player. 
Um, man, how often do we see an NBA game, let alone a playoff game, where neither team gets into the triple digits? That was the case uh, last night when the Nuggets got another one, uh, another win, 97-87 uh, over the Suns. And now, gentlemen, they are up 2-0 yeah. in this series. This ain't looking good for the Suns at this point. And Nikola Jokic, he is just – He might, might be up, the MVP. Exactly. So, enough said. We, man, this dude might be bragging about his uh, third MVP. Yes, third uh, straight. Third straight MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he said he's going to be, like, relaxing in his pool or something like that when the announcement <laughs> is made uh, later on today. So, we'll see who that is. It's obviously going to be him or Joel Embiid. Uh, but – Getting back to his performance, he had 39 points. 26 of those came in the second half, gentlemen. 16 rebounds, and they threw everybody at him. They put De- uh, DeAndre Ayton on him. Uh, Biombo uh, had on him for a little while. I mean, uh, Lundell, it didn't matter. I mean, he yeah. was just unstoppable. Uh, and he ended up being the fifth player in NBA history to record at least 20 points, at least 15 rebounds, and at least five assists in three straight playoff games, joining Kareem, who did it three times, uh, Wilt, who did it twice, Bill Russell, Tim Duncan, and Nikola Jokic. Yeah, and the thing that, that I'm impressed with with him, number one, back to what you said, it's embarrassing that both of these teams didn't get to 100 points with those type of offensive weapons that they truly have when you watch them play. You think anybody could get it at any well, time. But when you look at what Jokic was able to do yesterday, he realized that Jamal Murray didn't have it. He realized, okay, I don't have to keep feeding him. He doesn't have it going. He was 3 of 15, 0 of 9 from three-point land. He was like, okay, now's the time for me to go in and play my basketball game. And that's exactly what he did. That's why they kept throwing everybody at him to try to get him out of sync because they realized that Jamal Murray didn't have it. But for the looking at the, the Suns, when you have Kevin Durant, you have DeAndre Ayton, you have Devin Booker, and you can't get to 100 points and you can't get it going. And then let's look at what Chris Paul is now. Yeah, I think it's over for Chris Paul. I think this is the, the time the injury has put yeah. him in that situation where you think when you get a Kevin Durant, you're like, okay, this puts us over the top. This is where we need to be. All we need to do is get together, get in sync by the time the playoffs start, and we'll get it figured out. Well, the Denver Nuggets are one of the best teams to have never won a championship. I think this is their opportunity this year, and I think they seize it. Going back to what you were saying about Joker and him being the guy that can stir the coffee, as they like to say, he is the one that makes everything happen for this team, and he is not athletic at all. When I say athletic, he's definitely athletic. I don't want people to think that, but there's nothing flashy. There's no I, I, flair. I would just say he's not an explosive athlete. There it is. That's the word you know I was looking I mean? for. But he is a very skilled athlete. At Extremely everything. skilled. At but everything. not explosive. And these days we like explode. Like yes. John Morant. Yeah. Who just jumps in the air and looks like he's like jumping off a damn cliff. Like he doesn't even know where he's going to land when he jumps. Derrick Rose. The old Derrick yeah. Rose. Yeah. Explosive. Like we want those kind of guys above yeah. the rim. He's just, no, yeah. he's just very skilled athlete. Just not explosive. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and this is something where Phoenix really, one of Denver's weaknesses is they don't really have a ton of depth anymore. They've got rid of some of the guys. They play a pretty tight eight-man rotation, and in that, they don't play the bench a lot of minutes either. Like They love to play their starters. So if you were able to pull up some bench players and you know really run the court and make Jokic run and make Porter try and work harder with his with his history of injuries, and you can you can push this team a little bit more in Denver. Phoenix just doesn't have that, and we saw Chris Paul gets hurt. Kevin Durant is is hitting it. Devin Booker are short on all their shots at the end of that yep, game. Yep. And you're like, dude, you have to have somebody. They had four bench points. Four. Yeah, four. You can't if if Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are coming up short at the end of at the end of the game and you have four bench points, that is a really bad look going forward in the series. Cause you need somebody else to step up on this bench, especially now if Chris Paul's gonna be out. Yep. That takes another player off of your bench that is gonna be coming in. You need some other support. That's what happens when you trade for a star player. You have to give up some other guys. And who do you, we, who do you put in that spot for Chris Paul? Who do you who who is the person? Is that going to be? Is it going to be Cameron Payne? You ain't got many options. I mean, I mean, most likely it's Cameron Payne. I mean, you may try and put Damian Lee in uh, Lee in there because he played better and he played some good defense. He played he good, good defense. defense. He yeah. was a hustle player, so you may try and put him in and let Devin Booker just basically run the point. But you don't. You just don't have the. The players, yep. 
to put this together. And I mean, you you better hope that it's altitude <laughs> that slowed you down in that. Yeah. And, and when you get back to Phoenix, you're going to be playing better. But the the fact that their shots were going short at that end, the end of the game was not a good sign. Devin Booker missed a short one for like eight feet away. No, just came short, and you're like, "Ooh, it's not a good look." Doug, to your point, they have. You said they had four points as a as a their reserves as a bench. Uh, they only used six players, but they have minds of four points. Two of sixteen shooting through seven games in the postseason. Phoenix's bench has been outscored two hundred and twenty three to one hundred. So two twenty three to a hundred, um, and thirty six to thirty six to twenty eight through the first uh, two games of this, uh, this current series, they've been outscored. So basically, their bench has given them nothing. Absolutely, and Durant nothing. wasn't. Durant's got to have his A game every time. And if Durant doesn't, Durant, Durant had his B game, and Durant's B game ain't gonna be good enough for the Suns to win. They're just not deep enough. Yeah. And Devin Booker, I mean, Devin Booker's giving you thirty five points. Kevin Durant gave you twenty four, but it was ten of twenty seven. Right. Um, and in the final 17 minutes, uh, KD was like 4 of 12 in the final 17 minutes. And it, they yeah, they they need him to step up and put his cape on yeah. in the fourth quarter in clutch time. If Devin Booker's, like I said, Devin Booker's giving him as much, I think, as he can give, especially now that he's they're running the offense through him. But KD's got to be another uh, kind of unstoppable force offensively for them, and he's got the ability to do it, but he just wasn't on. They did a good job defensively, though, yep. on him. They put uh, Aaron Gordon on him, and I believe the stats were when Durant matched up against Gordon, he was 3 of 13 in game two. And Gordon and, is so athletic. He's one yeah. of those guys that's an explosive. He's an older guy now, too. I mean, he used to be mm-hmm. part of the dunk uh, championships and always in the mix, but he's getting a little bit older, too, but he still understands his role, and that's the other part. People understand what they're used for, right? And this is the time that you kind of put your pride to the side a little bit and say, all right, what do you need from me tonight? And that's going to be something, too, that all these teams need to look at. They need guys to come off the bench for Phoenix. They need guys that were, are willing to come off the bench and do something. Yeah, Give us something. Guys who want to win but understand what they need to do to win. Yes. And, like, Bismarck Biombo is trying, but he just offensively is He's inept. there. Yeah. And so it's a problem at points. I will say with Aaron Gordon, he's a guy that you always liked in Orlando. You thought he was a really good player, but he just couldn't seem to put it together. And one of his big flaws was he was not he didn't have the defensive intensity that was needed. Mm-hmm. And people were just like, no, he's just a guy who wants to dunk. He doesn't want to do it. It's funny when you put a guy on a winning team with a good coach, how much things change than on a team that's not winning and has a, has a losing mindset and we're mm-hmm. just going to get draft picks that guys don't want to play defense. And then you put them on a winning team. They're like, "Oh no, you want me to guard Kevin Durant? Awesome! I'm I'm up for the challenge. Let me go out there and do it." So, uh, it's that's one of those ones. It's just funny to watch when you watch him play now. I remember when he got traded there. People were like, "Oh, this is a terrible pickup for him. He doesn't play defense." Yeah. And in a, just a year, year, year and a half, Mike Malone has turned him into a extremely valuable weapon and a guy that they were able to trade for at low value because people thought he was. He was not going to play defense to a guy who is a now a big piece of this team, probably as big, if not bigger, than Michael Porter Jr., who originally was supposed to be one of the big pieces. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. About that. Um, and yeah, the CP3 injury. Now, I, I CP3, I understand what he is now, so I'm not saying CP3 is that valuable to the Suns, you know, blueprint to win. But they are. Listen, basically, reserves for them are scarce. Yeah. Uh, so any loss of any kind uh, is going to be ex- extremely detrimental to the Suns. And him going down, we don't know what the status is of that groin injury he suffered in the third quarter. But they were up when he went out. Yeah. They were up like eight, I believe, eight points or something like that when CB3 suffered that groin injury uh, with four minutes left in the third quarter. And then the Suns were outscored by 18 points over the last uh, 14 minutes or whatever of game time uh, in that game. And a lot of that was uh, CP3 actually had some better stats actually in the fourth quarters of the playoff games this season than he did early on in games. I think he's a vet, and he kind of knows where to fill in. And um, when he can last that long and still have the legs, I think he was pretty valuable to them. That's going to be another thing that's really – I think going to be a challenge for the Suns to overcome yeah, in the series. Yeah, it's that leadership quality that yep. he has, and it, and it's that that com- like like I said, it's that calmness where you're like, all right, guys, here's where we are. Let's move the ball and not come down and just start forcing shots because that's the other thing. Remember at the very beginning of that game, Devin Booker was absolutely awful 
<laughs> he shot a ball off the side of the from he was shooting from the right side and hit the other side of the backboard. Like he <laughs> shot it over the goal. I was like, what in the world is he doing? He that's not, yeah, it was he was ice cold on that one. That is for sure. And you know, that's the other part of it. The ball kind of stops a little bit too. They don't move the ball. And we've seen it at times where you would try to work the ball in and move it around and get one good shot, get a better shot. They weren't even doing that. What did Joker do? Move the ball around, find open guys. And if he had the open shot, he would knock it down. But he also had six assists last night. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that people don't really understand. He's a very unselfish player. And that is why he does and why he's in the conversation year in, year out for the MVP. Now, I will say they do have a benefit. They do not play until Friday. So they do have a few more days off to recover, get some get some strength back. I think it'll be big for KD and and for Booker and if Chris Paul can get healthy in those days off, that's a big advantage for them to have a stretch where they can kind of get their legs back underneath them just cuz it looks like they're running tired right now and beat up. Maybe you get a few days off. You're yeah. able to refocus and try and take a new attack against this Denver Nuggets team. Uh, one other little nugget before we uh, move on here. Uh, in this series so far, everyone not named Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are shooting uh, under 33% from the field and just under 20% from three-point range. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Kevin Durant shot two for 12 last night from three, so yeah. he might be getting closer yeah. to that bad shooting. Exactly. Um, but we'll see because Aaron Gordon, I think they're going to try to put Aaron Gordon on him even more because he was really successful uh, defending Kevin Durant. And not a lot of people in the NBA can say that, yeah. especially in the postseason. We come back, we'll talk about the NFL draft a little bit, give you our favorite NFL drafts overall uh, from this past weekend, and uh, give you some of those NFL draft grades. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful, not the It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. One, two, three. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, the top of the charts Tuesday. That's my man Patrick plays jams that reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. And uh, my man Patrick always does a great job. It's actually one of my favorite musically themed days of the week. Always broadens our horizons. And you can always uh, get, you know broaden your horizons as well on Specs Text Line, 512-337-3776. Or you can use the Twitterverse. Hard is at Hardball Hard in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. And I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. All right, gentlemen. Uh, we're still talking and reflecting on, talking about and reflecting on the NFL draft. And uh, we haven't really, we talked a lot about the Cowboys, Texans, uh, the Longhorns that were drafted yesterday. We'll have some of those conversations, I'm sure, again, of course, because the NFL is America's number one TV show and that conversation never stops. Um, but I want to get your thoughts about your favorite overall drafts now um, that the draft is done. As a matter of fact, you still got actually the undrafted free agents that are being sorted out. Yep. And we'll get to some of that here this week and even later on the show, uh, give you some of those updates. But talking about the NFL draft grades so far, and I know it's a little silly to go through everybody's draft grade, so we'll just talk about what we think uh, and give our individual takes on who had the best and the worst drafts. It's, I mean, I hate to throw it out there. It seems pretty obvious to most people that the Eagles had one of the best drafts, and we've been talking about this since round one. And yes, it is the case that you could make the argument that they had the best draft if you want to. Very true. Yeah, you could. I mean, it was yep. a it was a phenomenal draft, and Harry Roseman. I mean, he he is top three best GMs in the NFL. Uh, they got Jalen Carter in the first round, who some people said may have been the best overall prospect. Got Nolan Smith in this in the uh, first round as well, late in the first round, and in the third round, Tyler Steen got an offer. Man, they love. 
loading up on the lines of scrimmage. Uh, got them an offensive tackle. Uh, got a safety, Sidney Brown, in the third round as well. Keely Ringo uh, to make five off of that, uh, that Georgia defense from that 2021 defense, five of the 11 if in the last two years they've drafted uh, to the Eagles. So uh, we, we obviously know they're going to rebuild that defense around some of them, Georgia, a lot of them Georgia Bulldogs. And in the sixth round, they got Tanner McKee. And seventh round, of course, Moro Ojimo, who was seen um, as I, a higher, higher grade. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. had him as a 100, between a 100 and a 120, 130 ranked prospect, prospect, excuse me, and he ended up being drafted 249th to the Eagles. Yeah, and I, I mean, you can look at, we we talked about this a little bit yesterday when you break down what they were able to do, the Philadelphia Eagles. They shored up some spot. They provided themselves some depth, some things that we were talking about the Cowboys that they needed to provide to provide more depth at certain positions. I think they did in a couple places, but there were probably some things that were probably missing. I still gave them a B. I thought they did some good things. But when you look overall at some of the players that were picked up throughout the NFL, you look at what the Chicago Bears, and I know people are like, huh? The Bears. The Bears? I like you the start Bears. looking at what the Bears did. They brought an offensive tackle, which they need. They needed an offensive tackle in uh, Darnell Wright. They brought in some defensive backs. They brought in Rojo at the uh, running back position. They got Noah, Noah Sewell, mm-hmm. who was another linebacker. Good, good linebacker that they needed to fill those guys. Don't forget, they got rid of Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. So they had to bring in another linebacker. Now you can't put him as Roquan, but you can go in there. You needed to provide yourself some depth. So I thought they did a good job. Another team that I thought did a good job is in that same division. I thought the Detroit Lions, they're going for it. There's no doubt about it in my mind. They are looking at the fact that Aaron Rodgers is out of their division. They have an opportunity to seize the moment, and I felt like they did that. They got a good tight end. They got Brian Branch, who I thought as the safety position, I thought he was going to be a lot higher pick. Yeah, it was a nice second-round pick. Yeah, I yeah. thought he was going to be a first-rounder, and I know Hendon Hooker is going to end up being a project, not really a project, but he's going to give him time to learn behind Jared Goff. And I know, I know nobody in their right mind a few years ago would have said he's going to learn from Jared Goff, but – Jared Goff has proven to be better. Mm-hmm. He's shown that he's why he was the number one overall draft pick. And they bring in Jameer Gibbs. I know some people felt like it was a reach to go get him that early, but we were talking about him going to get Bijan at one point. So, I mean, that's still a good back for exactly for who they are. And they got rid of what who was Williams from last year. He's out of there. And then they traded Swift. This was a huge pickup for them. Yeah. And he's going to be an impact day one type of player for them. So I looked at those two teams and I thought they did a really good job considering what they were at before. I know you almost had to consider Swift to be a basically a draft day kind of pickup for the Eagles. Too. Right, right. So you got to add that in there. Another to Bulldog, the too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't even think, think about, about that. that. Yeah. Wow. Another bulldog. Yeah, there's something, there's something going on there. Yeah, for sure. There is definitely a pipeline. I, I will add for the Lions, I think the Hinn and Hooker thing makes a lot of sense with Ben Johnson when you talk about being able to make a quarterback like Jared Goff who had issues reading defenses. Mm-hmm. And one of the major flaws people would have with Hinn and Hooker was he was in more of a gimmicky offense where it wasn't necessarily so much more about making reads and right. trying to run that. That Ben Johnson will be able to teach him as a quarterback coach or as an offensive coordinator, help him – Figure out how to read these defenses and do what the Lions want to do. I think it's a good, it's a good matchup for if you're like if Jared Goff works there, then that's kind of some of the similar problems that Hidden Hooker would have of figuring out defenses. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I would say if the Lions believe that you know they're they can make a a run here, like they're ready to compete and win the division and then compete for you know a championship and try to make a, a deep playoff run, the Jameer Gibbs draft pick doesn't look. As bad, no, not because now. Because if I mean, it's a top five offense, and now in addition to the top five offense, you've added one of the best receiving backs uh, out of the backfield in the last 10, 15 years yeah. in college football. I mean, that's how good Jameer Gibbs was out of the backfield as a receiver, um, almost like Percy Harvin type numbers. So if they believe he can add another dimension to that offense, make them even more lethal. Then yeah, I mean I, I I agree with the pick. If you made that, it's like the Bijan pick, right? We yep. talked about this. If the Eagles had picked Bijan, which 
there's evidence to believe that maybe they would have now yep. traded for DeAndre Swift because Bijan was gone yeah. yep. already by then because the Falcons drafted him. That would have made sense because he, they're looking at him as their last push. He's their last piece so mm-hmm. that they can make a, a championship push. So I did, I, the, 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 the Detroit Lions draft, I didn't like the top of it. But I like the, the pieces meat that of they it. put in it. I like yeah. the body of it, like the meat of it, like yep. the middle rounds of it. But I didn't like the top of it because they did draft two non-premium positions, running back yep. and linebacker. That was two the first other part. Picks. That's right. But they, lo- they love Luke. Is it Luke Campbell? Luke Campbell, the, uh, the yeah. middle linebacker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they love him. They think he's great. Uh, I also like the Colts draft. Jack Campbell. Jack, Jack Campbell. Campbell. Why do I want to call him Luke Campbell? Because he looks like a Luke. <laughs> Why I want to call him Jack Campbell? Thank you. Um, well, you're uh, thinking of Jack Hammer? Uh, no, I don't know why Luke popped into my head. Four letter name. Yep. Uh, Anthony Richardson. I like that pick uh, yep. as the upside freak. And they got Julius Brent, the K State corner, in the second round. Mm-hmm. Which honestly, he was one of my favorite uh, draft prospects at the cornerback position coming out. They got the North Carolina receiver Josh Downs in the third round, uh, fourth round got themselves a tackle. They had a ton of draft capital that uh, they used. Um, Adabora, they got him in the fourth round. The pass rusher from Northwestern. I like, unfortunately, as a Texans fan, I like the Colts draft. Thought yep. it was a good draft. And it's going to be something that you're going to face for years to come. You're going to see you know a ton what I'm of it. That's, yeah. what, that's the other part of it, too. And they got a guy, a, 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 a quarterback that's very mobile. Well, they got a quarterback that's mobile and a coach that knows how to weaponize yeah. that kind of quarterback because he came from that Philadelphia Eagles team. And we saw uh, what Shane Steichen is how you say his mm-hmm. name, I believe, what he did with that Jalen Hurts experiment, yeah. turning him into an MVP caliber quarterback. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that division kind of shakes out. You talk about it before, you look at who's in it, you got Indy. Indianapolis, you got Houston, you got Jacksonville. Young QBs. And, and they're all, yes, and all they're they, all, all young, young QBs. Yeah. So you look at Jacksonville and who they are, they've, they've already proven that they've gotten better. They're going to continue to get better. I, I, I'm a big fan of Doug Peterson. I thought he was a great coach before, uh, especially once you win the Super Bowl, everybody looks at you and then he gets run out. Then they get back to the Super Bowl, and so it's like, ah, oh, was he really that great? Ah, oh, it's the system. Well, now you're looking at what they were able to do, trying to bring in different pieces on the defensive side of the ball as opposed to a mini on the offensive side. So we'll see how that ends up, but there's Jacksonville's going to be somebody to pay attention to for a while. Uh, I know it's strange, but the Rams didn't have a first-round pick, but they had a decent draft looking at the middle rounds of their draft because – Trevius Hodges Tomlinson, I did not know he would fall. I didn't. I didn't think he would. Sixth, the sixth round. Thorpe Award winner. That's crazy. Yes, I cannot believe that, and I'm surprised some team didn't say he's the Thorpe Award winner is yeah, where yeah. in the fourth round somebody go what Thorpe Award winner best yes. DB in college football fail where we'll take him we'll take him nobody did that. I mean, um, what do you think it was for him to be able to fall? I don't that, know, maybe an injury. Yeah, that, that nobody undisclosed flag, something yeah. like that. Man, I I can't think of it. He was short. He's really short. Yeah, I mean he's Rod B short. I'm talking about five, maybe five eight, five nine. Okay, okay. He's real short. You got a shout out for the five eight. That's hey. what somebody told you yesterday. Yeah, they were like Rod, shout out for the five out eight. Out Trust me, but the five eight you will drop in the draft. Yeah, there will be significant <laughs> significant droppage for your shrinkage. Trust me, it happened to Rod B. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, I, I went to the combine. He thought I was five eleven. I was five eight, and it was like a disappointment across. They're like, uh, across oh, all man, the come on. Yeah, across all the teams I visited with every time they were like, Oh man. I was like, I can't help that. Right. Yeah, I right. Like, I've been here all my life. You see my tape. <laughs> so I can imagine what Bryce Young was doing. Like, exactly. exactly. You can't control that, man. Uh, but they got Trevius Hollis Tomlinson in the sixth round. They got O'Shawn Mathis in the sixth round too. They did. And Zach Evans. And Zach Evans in the, the running back. Round. That's right. I don't know if anybody had a better sixth round. And they got the safety from Oklahoma State. Yes. Jason Jason Taylor. Taylor. It was really good. Yes. Like I said, I don't know if anybody had better late rounds than the Rams. Right. Sixth and seventh round. They got some really some great great picks there. They got volume picks. They did. Uh, And also, I like Seattle's picks. Seattle also had a draft. They're trying to win now. They had a win now draft. Yep. All right, now we're not building for the future. We're in win-now mode. They got the cornerback from Illinois, Devin Witherspoon. They got Jackson Smith and Jigba also in the first round. Oh, man, that wide receiving core? That's a great— Where's that wide receiving core rank for you guys now? Ooh. I mean, I, you Metcalf, can't keep them all, though, right? Jackson Smith and Jigba you can and for Tyler this Lockett. Year. For this you year, can for, for one this year, year, where are they? For, for one year. year. And then Lockett's got to go, right? Oh, yeah, one of them's going to leave. You well, Lockett, Lockett, Lockett is like older. He's like the Bengals. The Bengals going to yeah, lose yeah. one of theirs, too. Even though they, the owner said, not the owner, but the GM said, he's going to keep T. Higgins, so I don't know who they're going to lose. And they got my boy Charbonnet. The running back. They got Charbonnet. They got him as well. That so was a good pickup. That's that's a good look for that team. 
Dude, and, they got Kenny McIntosh in yes. the seventh round. Another running yeah, back. Another, yeah. You running back by committee. Don't forget. They wouldn't run the rock. Don't, don't, and don't forget. There. They always had injuries at the running back position they for did. years. Yeah. Even, so even last year. He was like, we're not doing this again. You're right. Kenny we're going to load year. up. Yeah, you're right. We're going to load point. up. Maybe you're right about that. Especially Pete Carroll. Yeah. You know he wants to run the rock. He, you know he does. He wants to run the rock. Uh, yeah, so I I do some, have a question for y'all on, on this situation. You know, we've been talking about all the picks and how you got traded and where it where it all ends. When you look at what Denver was able to do and how it's over, all the picks are done that 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 came in for um uh Russell Russell Wilson and that's Minnesota. I mean, that's Seattle. Do you oh, think that yeah. they did okay oh, with Seattle, their picks? Seattle won that pick, won yeah. that that trade. I mean, it's pretty obvious. You remember Seattle last year, they had Behind the Jets, you could argue they had the best draft in the NFL last season behind the Jets. You could yep. even argue their draft was better than the Jets if you want to. In certain places. In you certain, can't depending say on how yep. it is. They had, um, I believe, the fourth most uh, reps or fourth most snaps, contributions, heavy contributions by their rookie class. Um, so, their, I mean, that rookie class was really good. It was yeah. exceptional for them. Remember Tariq Woolen? Oh, from man. UTSA, UTSA yeah. that showed out for them. I mean, they had a great rookie class. and He was up I, for rookie of the year. Yeah, and I think yeah. Snyder nailed it again. I think he nailed this draft, too. The so, opportunity was presented, and he took it. He took right it. now, Seattle yeah. wins that. And, and, and I'll say Denver, too. I, I like I like Marvin Mims as a player. If I'm on that Denver team where I can't keep healthy wide receivers and I've got a plethora of young wide receivers that can't stay on the field, I'm not taking another small wide receiver. Yeah. I'm just I mm. like I I get it, but you're you're trying to trade Jerry Judy earlier this offseason. You couldn't get it done, so you pick up his fifth year option. You got Tim Patrick. Like you just have a lot of guys that are there that are right around where Marvin Mims is probably going to be at, and it just feels like you're throwing another of the same thing into that pile. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. hoping that maybe maybe all he'll be better than everyone else is, and his hands will be a little bit more sure. He'll get those routes out, but I, I just. I felt like there was probably more needs for the Denver Broncos in the second round than another wide receiver. When you've had them, they just can't stay healthy. Right. I agree with that. That's a good point, though. And, yeah, it's with the Denver. Yeah, it's all about what Sean Payton does. I I guess I can't totally say who won the trade until I see what Sean Payton does with Russell Wilson. Mm Mm-hmm. After that, then I'll be ready to to make my final judgment. Well, because. Right? Well, because if he turns him into the old Russell Wilson, then it. Well, it's worth I, it. But I what is the old Russell Wilson? The one that can help you compete for winning the division and okay. playoffs. Yeah. And if Russell Wilson is still a flop and Sean Payton's like, all right, now you've paid Nathaniel Hackett to get rid of him. You're paying me gobs of money. You've already extended Russell Wilson. We need to get rid of him and get a new quarterback because I'm your guy now. You're like – we have thrown like a billion dollars <laughs> to the worst trade ever made. So there is there is a flip side that if they if he can't get it to work, this is a monumentally bad trade financially. One of the worst in history. Yeah. Because financially one of the worst in no, history. No, it would be. I mean financially wise, yeah. I would say definitely. Wise, yeah, no doubt. Um Seattle's rookie class logged nearly forty nine hundred total snaps, second only behind Houston. Um, which means they receive the highest percentage of, if you go look at it, on uh, the offense side of the ball, they receive the highest percentage of offensive snaps from first-year players in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So that rookie class is pretty damn they good. They knew what they were doing. They, yeah, John Snyder knows his stuff. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles fan wants me wants me to put this stat out there about Howie Roseman and how good he is. He says he's the best GM in the league, and maybe he's got a point here. How about this stat, guys? The Eagles used only one of their own picks to draft a player this year. That was pick 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other six players came from other teams' picks via trades. Mm. <laughs> that's that's part of that's, hustling. <laughs> but that's part of when you say with Howie Roseman, why you're like, man, that really good draft. You're like, yeah, because they were in the Super Bowl and had two first round picks higher than their pick. Exactly. He's always willing that's, to deal. With. That's one of the reasons they can do that. That's why is they love because him. they're not just sitting around. It's like, well, either we're bad and have a top pick, or we're good. We have a good pick. He goes, I don't ever want our own pick. Because I think our own pick's going to be really good or be really bad. Yeah. So right. if I can trade it, odds are, even if I'm trading with another good team, their pick's better than my pick. He he, he personifies the NBAification of the NFL. Yeah. He's always trying to make a deal. And matter of fact, you make, they had a, they set a record this year for NFL draft trades, 43 of them. Yeah. So everybody's starting to get the NBAification of the NFL. Love All it. All right, uh, good stuff. We come back. We'll get the flex on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful, Nine Horn. 
Don't lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. That's when we play jams. I reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Shout out to my man Patrick. Always working hard for us. Um, uh, Chan says, guys, 5'9 isn't short. We're NFL short. No, y'all, uh, y'all sports short. <laughs> is there, I mean, I think, what's the average height? 5'11. 5'10, something like 5'10, 5'11. Yeah. yeah. But no, but it's short NBA. It's not, it's not tall in baseball. That's true. No, five no. five nine is short in the sports world. Yeah, sports well, in general. Most, most sports, yeah. not all sports. But when you're normal, <laughs> you know, in the normal world, like soccer, a lot, <laughs> good. A lot of yeah. soccer players are shorter. And and yeah, certain ones because on that back line, them dudes are tall. Dudes are tall. Big yeah, dudes back big, there. Big dudes back there. Uh, all right, there you go. All right, so uh, thanks, Chance, for reminding me <laughs> how short I am. Uh, let's get to the flex. A lot of short guys in the flex, but still, uh, they're showing up. All right, it's right. a big thing. So they can't measure how uh, the heart of a champion. They can't do that. But the flex, try to show love to all those champions. Go to flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms. As a matter of fact, Harge, you uh, went and spoke to some young folks. I did, I did. About uh, that. As part of uh, the flex, and not only the flex, but a part of being a good friend of mine, the head coach at uh, Eastview, Matt Pullian. He's uh, pulling. He's a good friend of mine, and he asked me to come out and talk to his team. They will be taking on McCallum uh, starting Thursday. Nice. The playoffs start, and, and it was good to go out there and talk to the young folks and kind of see where they are. Obviously, I'm around them because I got a, a 14-year-old son, so I get to see some of these kids. But now these kids, are as they get into high school and things that are going on around them, this is a big time, and, and, and this is big-time baseball that is happening, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, so shout-out to Vista Ridge, Bowie, San Marcos, Lake Travis, West, Westwood, Westlake, Vandegrift, Round Rock, Johnston, McCallum and Eastview, Georgetown, Navarro, Elgin, Crockett, Lassa, and Pflugerville, Liberty Hill, Champion, all those schools, Rouse, Cedar Park, um, Marble Falls, all those in our area that are getting ready for the playoffs as they all start. This weekend, uh, no, uh, appreciate that shout out, and that's why they call him Coach Harge. Well, there you go. Some of the young folks call him Coach Harge. Some of them that still work here call <laughs> exactly. him Coach Harge. Yeah. Uh, they do. Part of the Flex Crew, as that's a matter right. of fact. Shout that's out right. to the Flex Crew. Uh, all right, go check out flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms. And uh, tomorrow, I believe we're going to have the Wednesday night flex yep, yep. because we do not have baseball uh, tomorrow. We don't have baseball coming up to this weekend. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that as the week goes on. Coming up next, we. We got to talk about the way too early 2024 mock draft. Now, this is a an exercise that the mock uh, the mock drafters like to engage in right after the draft is done to mock the twenty the next year's draft. And in a, a lot of mocks that I checked out, I checked out four different way too early 2024 mm-hmm. mock drafts. The Texas Longhorns are getting a lot of love. Hey, times uh, are changing. We'll discuss that when we come back. Oh, by the way, Master Gardner wants us to know that five nine is one tall ass jockey. Uh, <laughs> that is true. That's a very good point. Thank you for that. Giddy we'll come up. right back. Right here. Bottle out. What a foot out the horn.